Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick. Nope. Nope. Ah, yes, Government Central Wisdom Hour. Number 17 for September 5th, 2017. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. It's Tony Viner in New Jersey. What's up? What I, up? I, I'm sorry to what? cut you off. I cut you off there, and we were just starting the recording, and you said you want to hear something cool, and I said no. <laughs> but now I now I do. What, what was it you wanted to do? Well, I have to step away from the microphone in order for you to hear it. That's okay. So, hang on. Ready? That's okay. Step away. This better be cool. Wow. That is cool. <laughs> what is that? Oh, he's not back yet. Xylophone. Oh, that's the Yeah, you t- you know we talked about the xylophone special treat a long time ago, a couple months ago in like one of our first episodes. Yes, indeed. Listen. You know, so, you know when my youngest son Cole was in the band in grammar school, I became friends with his, you know, the band instructor for the school, Mr. Van Tynes, very nice gentleman. And over the course of the years, he would always say, hey, Cole, you know, ask your father if he wants this marching bass drum. Because we're going to get rid of it. We just upgraded. Sure, Mr. Van Tynes, I'll take that marching bass drum and make it into a floor tom. There you go. Hey, Cole, ask your dad if he'd like this xylophone. Because we just got a new one. and We're going to probably end up, you know donating this one or getting rid of it so i have a full like orchestral xylophone you know it's probably like a 1970s or late 60s but it sounds killer it and sounded really good there on the on the uh on the broadcast yeah, it's, the foot, it's the foot actuated mute you know where you step on and then the whole platform moves and it, it, it mutes the keys it's, it's it's like professional grade right so I've, over the years you know marching snare drums bass drums uh xylophones all kinds of stuff nice before you know it, you'll be able to have your own orchestra down there in your in your home. Yeah, we're getting there. Microcosmic Orchestra, right here in the, in the Batcave. I love it. All right, so we are live right now on Cover Band Central page on Facebook and the Cover Band Central group. Lots going on in the group, dude. I wish you were part of this so you could really, uh, uh, really participate and see what's going on because it's very active. Um, I'm 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 on, I'm looking. 
the group. Uh, well, I mean, it's just uh, for me even, and I'm on this stuff all day, every day, and it's still a lot for me to keep up with. Um, cause there's so many new people in there. There's so many people in there in general, and there's so many new ones too. And again, for like the third, is it like three weeks in a row or four weeks in a row now we've had about a thousand new people join the group, uh, in, in each week. Um, and, uh, so we're up to, what are we up to here? I'm on the wrong screen. I can't tell from that screen. And that, see, I have to, way too many things open here on my computer, and I'm just getting very confused. Here, there's 80,940 people that follow this. That Well, that's the page, yeah. Yeah, the page, baby. The page. I'm talking about the group here. The group is, uh, oh, here we go. Why does it say? Oh, I see what this is. You know, Facebook just changes things around every once in a while and, and makes things more confusing, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, there's there's been a lot of... Uh, the last couple of days, people started ranting. They would say, my rant is this thing they wanted to complain about. Um, and th- there's some value to that i think if you don't go overboard with with the complaining but then people start to get very uh passionate and then people end up getting angry and start calling names and then i wake up like it's almost like every day now i wake up and i get messages or notifications about somebody's being rude in the group and then i have to get up and do something i have to go do something about it and i feel like this parent who woke up and like and and uh, the, the, my child's mother is saying he just yeah. Johnny just stole a bicycle from. Uh, he pulled my <laughs> hair, chewed my gum. <laughs> so I have to go in and be daddy. Um, yeah, uh, but it's all good, you know. It's part of the uh, it's part of what I signed up for, I suppose. It's good, you know. It's good to to rant and vent, but. Not at the expense of insulting other people, you know. That's that's yeah. where it becomes uncool, you know. Yeah, I got no patience for it, dude. And and as soon as I see somebody that's calling other people names or or anything like that, or just being rude in general, they're gone. I kick them out. They're deleted, and they can't come back, and they can't even see the group anymore on Facebook. It's it just vanishes from them, and they're everything they said on there is deleted. It's great. I feel like, like somebody, one of the guys who, who I think he listens to the podcast too. One of the guys who's in the group. Um, referred to me as the overlord, <laughs> the cover band central overlord. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was funny. Uh, now my one computer is not even recognizing that there's an internet. <laughs> this is ridiculous. That may not be a bad thing, though. You know, a little break from Well, I, I need it right now to refer to things that we're going to talk about. And uh, now... And... It just all of a sudden we start the show and then all of a sudden it's like, nope, we're not going to be connecting you to the internet anymore. The way it works, Steve, you know, when you need something, it's not always there. I know. I'm just going to have to do without it. Exactly. I have to make do. Yeah. So you had, uh, you were supposed to have this gig this past weekend and then it got canceled because of weather. Uh, but the, the forecasted weather, did it turn out that way? Did it rain? It, it did. It, it rained exactly like they said it was going to. So it was not um, like that picture you have up on on the page with the dog, and he says my gig got canceled from the weather, but it didn't rain. Oh yeah, yeah. 
It did. It rained cats and dogs. <laughs> no pun intended there. Yeah, but where's your drone? But um, yeah, it was a complete washout. So, Kesara Sara, uh, we've got a rescheduled gig for another opportunity in October to play a charity benefit for the same individual, and uh, it can be October thirteenth or fourteenth. Big uh, couple hundred people again. Uh, right here, you know, closer, not down the shore, but nonetheless, it'll be uh, tented because it'll be chilly. You know, October starting to get to be uh, chilly weather. Yeah, I kind of like playing out outside in chilly weather sometimes. Yeah, I do too. Some fire pits burning and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That that I've played in weather where it's been freezing, and actually, not even outside. Like because here in New Orleans all the doors are wide open even in the winter and sometimes it's it's cold and even if there's heat on inside it depends where you're standing on the stage and yeah that's tough man cuz your your hands you know you just start get to the point where you can't feel your fingers anymore <laughs> oh yeah no no doubt and you know like you said it was a complete washout this weekend even up north here you know by me it, it rained you know saturday sunday it was it was beautiful monday it was like couldn't have asked for better weather uh yesterday but the weekend itself was very dreary, and like I said, it was a complete washout. Right. Gotcha. These things happen. Yes, they do. So we made the best of it and, you know, had alternate plans and uh, had some people over on Monday, and it was a good time. Nice. Um, How about you? Did you play this weekend? Oh, yeah. You know, I did. Uh, I'm actually, this is my only night off tonight, uh, this week. Uh, I played. Uh, I'm doing six nights this week, so I played last night too. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that was so enthusiastic. Yeah. That. Um, you know, th- there's challenges that come along with this, and maybe, maybe uh, it's just this little thing that we've hit in the universe where everybody's like. Uh, facing some challenges and wanting to rant about them. And I'm not going to rant about these because they, it just comes with the territory. And I've been doing this now over seven years down here. So lots of things happen. Things change. But um, one of our singers has been out for the last week sick, and he's a singer that works with me in both bands. Um, and I think there's a lot of sort of cold flu type of stuff going around. So, um, And being a singer, it's tough to work when you're sick. Um, so yeah, you don't get better if you keep pushing yourself, you know? Yeah. So, um, so we had to, you know, you have to make adjustments and, um, for the swamp, which is the, uh, where I played on Thursday and Wednesday and Thursday and Sunday are my normal days. Um, and he was out Thursdays and we normally have a keyboard player. I say normally, but it's actually not normally because, um, He's only there about half the time on Thursdays. And, and the other nights of the week, we do not have keyboards. Uh, so he also was not there. So we played on Thursday night as a four-piece. Um, and we did fine. You know, we um, the guitar player sings, I sing. Um, so our lead singer does get a break. And our lead singer in that band is really good. And she's got a, she's got a lot of stamina. So uh, we had to do that. And then when we came back, when I came back to the Swamp on Sunday and last night, uh, we had the same uh, four-piece. But it was good. 
we had uh, they have a thing in uh, New Orleans this this weekend, always Labor Day weekend, called the Decadence Festival. Um, which is uh, decadent. Decadence. It, it's it's the uh, the gay community celebrating their community. Um, cool. Yeah, and a lot of them are are uh, are very uh, flamboyant. Is the word I guess. And they they enjoy themselves. They have a good time, and that they're not afraid to show it. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a fun thing that goes on. Um, but uh, I'm just trying to like read and talk at the same time. Hey, so let me ask you. So did you have to change your set list? And you only had a four piece. Was there tunes did, that you could do, and you um, do two tunes that you normally wouldn't do? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You definitely we'll pick songs based on that's a good question because we'll definitely pick songs based on who is in the band and, and what we can pull off with what we have um and uh it's kind of cool in a way because you know you get into a routine especially with us playing so often you get into a routine of kind of doing the same songs um night after night and then when you mix it up a little bit with personnel, it's like, okay, we have a little bit, we're going to have to do something different. Um, and sometimes you're doing something that you haven't ever done before, which is also kind of fun. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, you do have to kind of change it up for, uh, what you got. Yeah. It's fun. Breaks like the breaking the routine. Yeah. Last night I sang pride and joy by Stevie Ray Vaughan for the first time ever. And it just and it was a song that I ever always wanted to sing, and I never just had the opportunity to try it. And um, uh, Tracy, a singer, has has the uh, has her iPad there for lyrics on stage. So I said, you know, pull up those lyrics and let me let me try that last night. And uh, apparently, I did well because the rest of the band was like, you should sing that every time. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Is that is that one of the normal tunes you would do? No, I've never, I've never. We would play it probably normally um but it depends on who's there singing um usually um if we play or not if if we have a singer that knows it um and we've done it with tracy um before but it's not one that she would normally call out so it it just it was weird it just kind of occurred to me on stage last night like hmm i this might be a, a chance for me to try the song and uh and i did and it went well so i'm i'm psyched about that i like adding more songs to my singing arsenal Absolutely. You know, because I'm not a singer, but I can sing. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense, you know, because I, I do the same thing. You know, I could sing, but I'm not a singer. So if there's a song that, that suits me, then I'll sing it. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I always, I kind of, I understand the feel of that song really well, and, and meaning um, the way he sings it. Um, and, uh Glenn, my guitar player, is like, "Wow, you sound a lot like him," and I don't think that's true. But I, I, I copy the inflections that Stevie Wright uses to sing with. I'm kind of good at doing that, like imitating people. Well, and, but that, I, yeah, yeah, that's the key, though. I think, right? Yeah, especially in a cover band. That's Absolutely, you know, because in Weisenheimers, you know, Steve's primary singer and Shuli is, you know, a singer, but. Jim sings and I sing and Kel has the ability to sing too. So between all of us, you know, you pick which tune is best suited for whose voice. Right. You know, range, timbre, 
just you know and we've we've done songs where one person said oh i'm going to sing that then we started doing it it was like ah it just doesn't sound right and then someone else would sing it and say wow that sounds you know a lot better not you know different not no better or worse but just better fit for the part you know right yeah that's a good point too um you want somebody who's best fit for it yeah and it's important you know whatever's going to make it sound the best like you said play, you know for the song yeah. And I think, man, singing is so important if you're playing in a, in a cover band, especially um, you really, you know, you really should be able to sing a little bit, at least, um, even if you're only doing like unison stuff or uh, or uh, chanting type of like uh, background vocals. Um, I think everybody should, you know, and, and there's reasons that people don't, I guess, but. You know, it lends itself to the conversation we had uh, last week with Demauer about playing to the click. You know, it's intimidating at first. It's it's cumbersome. You, you know, you struggle with it. But the more you do it, it becomes second nature, and it just becomes natural, and it's there. Same thing with singing, you know, at least for me. You reach a point where you can separate what you're singing from what you're playing, you know. And I was always amazed how, like, Getty Lee could do that. You know, he could play the most intricate bass and, and sing a completely different, you know, harmony you know, harmonized vocal line over that while playing like a keyboard part with his feet on Taurus pedals, you know? Right. And he would describe it the same way. He'd say, once, you know, you've been accustomed to doing it and you've done it for years, it just becomes second nature and you can separate your mind. Yeah. You know, think about those things separately. Yeah, that's interesting, dude, because I have actually thought about that while I was doing it. Like, like realizing that I'm, I'm singing and I'm playing bass at the same time and... And then actually thinking at the same time, thinking about, wow, it's interesting how my fingers know what to do and I don't have to tell my fingers what to do. And, uh, and here I am singing the song as well. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's an, the mind is amazing how it can do that, how you can just separate compartmental, compartmentalize things, um, and where to like, you know, the bass playing fingers thing. Okay. I don't need to think about this ever all, or much at, at all during the night so it goes in this spot in my brain and it's weird man it's cool yeah and the more you think like that and you utilize your your mind it becomes stronger and more uh, you know adept at doing it mm. yeah which is I, really amazing you know and i was feeling like when i was singing last night too um because we had the four piece so i had to sing i didn't have to but i i ended up singing a lot of songs last night um and it's i i'm with that maybe it's because of how familiar I am with that stage and with that setup and with the monitor mix. Um, but I just felt like I was singing a song and I was singing, you know, full on singing, but I wasn't really um, pushing anything in my body. I wasn't pushing any air. I wasn't pushing my throat. I was, I, I was just at the same level of comfort as speaking. And I, I know for singers who are, are seasoned, that comes naturally to them. But I guess I've been doing it now for so long here that I've gotten to that point where I'm able to do it well without really expending much effort, which is, for me, is is really kind of a milestone because it's something I always wanted to, I always aspired to do. And your monitor makes a big difference in oh, how yeah. you also, you know, if you can't hear yourself, it's, it's, it's disastrous. You know, I know when we switched to in-ear monitors, which we've talked about extensively previous episodes, uh, you know, wow, the veil is just lifted and you can hear everything so clearly, you know, and you don't have to strain and you can, you know, you, you don't have to scream. 
Let you me know, ask you, you want, like I said, if you want to lay into it a little bit, you can, but it, it's there. You know, right. It's right. You can hear crystal clear. Let me ask you this, because I've always been fascinated with drummers who are able to sing. Um, what's, his, uh, what's his name? Dean Castronova, is that his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. Played drums with Journey for a while and, and sang a lot of those higher Steve Perry songs. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I'd see him play, and, and it's like great drummer, and he was just nailing you know, the Steve Perry part, singing faithfully and open arms and, I mean, just full-on nailing those notes and nailing the, the, the energy behind them while still doing this physical activity of playing drums. Now, how do, you, how do you feel like, do you feel like it's harder for you to sing because of the physical activity of playing drums or do you think it's, it's, not, it's not an issue? For me, it's not an issue. Like, I never really thought about it much, you know? I mean, we're not playing, you know, death metal or something that's really physically taxing. You know what I mean? Um, but the songs that we do play, I never really thought much about that. Like, you're not winded or catching your breath, you know, I guess because, again, you know, you've been, I've been doing this for such a long time. You build up a certain amount of stamina. And then, you know, over the years, you, you, you know, you've refined your technique and your your way of playing that you're, you know, economizing the motion. So I'm not all big arms, you know, and, and, and flailing, you know, real short, efficient movements, you know, like my kit is set up very ergonomically. So I'm not reaching real far for stuff. And, you know, it's real comfortable and easy to play, you know, cause you got to think about it. You're playing two, three hours, right. And you're bashing away, you know? Right. Um, but no, I mean, the biggest challenge for me was just, like you said, separating the two in the beginning i mean one of my favorite songs that we do is paradise by the dashboard light and i sing it and then i do the phil rizzuto baseball part in the middle <laughs> that's either, cool you know yeah you know i take a stick put it under my arm and i i play you know with one hand and then either cup the microphone so it sounds like a radio you know right all right here we go now you know right or uh i had a megaphone at times i was too. gonna say you should have a megaphone for that yeah, yeah. the megaphone but you know startlingly enough when you're at soundcheck and the band's not playing, the megaphone is mega loud. Like, holy cow, man. The thing is cranking, right? Right. But when the band is playing at full volume and everyone's kicking and the PA is on, you almost can't hear the megaphone. And then if you do the megaphone into the microphone, it's too much. Right. You know? So it's, it's a tough... It's a tough balance there, you know, but that that's always a fun song to play. And like I said, you know, we do a lot of, I, you know, I sing Bon Jovi, sing Sublime, um, sing Lido Shuffle. You know, I probably sing about a dozen tunes over the course of the night. And really? I never thought much about it, but it's not really taxing. It's actually fun. You know, I've, I've had a lot of fun with it over the years, especially now more than ever because I can hear myself. You know, with the in-ear monitors, it's it's like night and day, man. I can't can't rave enough about it, say enough good things especially for a drummer, um, because you can mix your drums into that, you know. So I have a mix, you know, in my earphones, my in-ears, you know, of all my drums, the whole band. I can mix it on my phone. I can make my vocal louder. I can make my vocal put effects on it. You know, it's it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, anything to help you, make you more comfortable with what you're hearing will always improve any sort of performance uh, issues. Yeah, and, you know, to your point, too, what you said about, uh, I think it was last week you said, you know, you were invited up on the stage without your bass to sing. Right, you know, right. In front. Right. And I know, like, when my band plays a Christmas party, uh, you know, the, my company I work for, we do a big Christmas party every year, and the band plays. And I get to, you know, 
we get a substitute drummer because I don't want to be up there the whole night playing. You know, I want to enjoy the company of my, you know, co-workers and my, you know, Karen's there with me. So I don't want to just leave her, you know, abandoned while I'm up drumming. Right. But it's nice to get up and then play a couple of tunes and then get up and sing a couple of tunes out front not behind the drum set you know and it, it's it's a big difference it's very liberating like you said it's, it is yeah now do you do that with some liquid courage or, or are you just going up all stone cold no no just going up stone cold you know i don't, I don't usually get liquid courage when i play because i, I can't play at the level i want to play at right so good. typically sober the entire evening that's a really good topic to discuss maybe we shouldn't get into that now but the uh because, you know, most bands play in bars and clubs where alcohol is served. You play in weddings, whatever. And a lot of musicians like to drink. So that that's a... That's a, that's a couple of drinks and guys are, you know, better than they are sober or supposedly. But there does reach... There's a threshold there, you know what I mean? Where sure. There's a tipping point where it's not sounding as good as it was. It's definitely not better than it was three drinks ago, you know? Right. But for me, it's just I can't physically play. Like I lose my dexterity and my chops. You know what I mean? I become sloppy, and I don't. And I just can't do it. So for yeah. me, it's just I, I just don't do it. You know, I'll have a drink or a shot or you know a beer, but that's typically it. You know what I've learned about myself anyway for playing, playing so long in this city here, and playing so much, um, where you're encouraged to drink. Um, you know, I like to drink, uh, I'm a, I'm a beer drinker. Um, I don't always drink at gigs. Um, but I usually do at least have a couple drinks. Um, but th there's been times when I, you know, go in and I just don't drink. Um, but Steve, hang on. When you do choose to drink, do you drink Dos Equis? <laughs> <laughs> That's the beer that's sponsored at, at the swamp. But no, I don't, I don't drink Dos Equis. Stay thirsty, my friend. Sometimes I will. It's not my beer of choice, though. You know, it's also conditioning, though, because for years, remember, I used to play in bands and had a full-time day gig. So I would go yeah. play, i get home at 4 in the morning, yeah. you know, shower, and then go to work. So if you're drunk or hungover, it just doesn't it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I was thinking about, like, how musicians think that, you know, if I have a couple of drinks, I'm going to loosen up and I'm going to play better. And I think in, in some cases that's probably true. Um, but, you know, sometimes I think, too, like if I if I, you know, people are in the room party and if I if I'm partying with them, then I'm going to be part of this whole thing. Uh, you know, I'm going to be like them, I guess, and get into that feeling that they're feeling. And then there'll be this sort of uh, synergy going on. Um, but. And try to kind of feel that vibe of, of the music and, and really get into it. And But, I, you know, I've done so many gigs where I haven't drunk, I ha haven't had a drink, and you can still get that feeling. You could still obtain that, that magic. So it really doesn't ever have anything to do with alcohol. It's, and, it's, and people credit alcohol for that, but it's really not that. That's not what it is. It's just a, a magic. Their own too, you know? Like yeah, I, bands that drank you know in themselves into oblivion over the course of the night, you know, with the crowd, and that was the, their thing, and it was great, you know, and they did it, and, they, and everyone had a great time, and the band sounded great, and if you can do it, you know, I guess the the, the moral of the story is like know your limit, right? Like sure. If you can drink a real lot and it still sounds good, and yeah. you know, you have a designated driver, a way to get home where you don't have to risk life and limb to you know to get to and from. 
then more power to you, you know. But that's a personal decision and a band decision, you know, of of what the limit is to how far you're going to push it. Right. Yeah. Um, you got to do you got to do your job. You got to make sure you do. And if you're not playing often, too, um, you can really screw up your whole band's deal if you go out. You know, if you're playing once or twice a month and you go out and you get hammered and you don't do a good job, you could really uh, hurt your band, hurt your reputation oh, yeah. and everything. Sure. And not get asked back. There was a, um, in one of the, the posts in Caravan Central today, uh, somebody, ah, I wish I had it up so I could read it verbatim, but it was, uh, we, we've had in the last few weeks a lot of people joining this group that are bar owners and, and promoters and um, booking agents and stuff and people that are non-musicians that are in, in the industry, which I think is awesome because that's really what I want. I want everybody together. Um, but a guy was like, um, you know, if I give you free drafts and, um, you know, f- uh, free food or, or whatever, and then your your drummer orders uh, six uh vodka cranberries and four shots during the course of the night don't be surprised that you if you get a bill at the end of the night um and that's that's a really excellent point because here's a guy who's running a a club and is hiring a band and is offering you some free drinks here you go guys you know and and doing the right thing really um as a business owner to to kind of establish a good relationship with the band and then somebody just takes full advantage of it and you know um you know that's just not cool you can't do that and if you even if you're not the one in the band that's doing that if somebody in your band is doing that it's kind of up to you i think up to everybody collectively to kind of try to put the kibosh on that i think i mean well you know like you you're listen it's all about building right you're building a following you're building a repertoire you know you're building a relationship with the clubs and the club owners and your fellow musicians and, you know, people that are in the community. So you want to be respectful and you want to build a relationship, right? You don't just want to play, you know, like you like think about it. You play the swamp, you know, four or five times a week. But those people there are your friends, you know, they you, they know you by name, you know them by name. You right. know, it's, 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 it's not just about playing the gig and getting paid the money. You know, it's about the relationship with the bar, the club, the club owner, the people that work there. You know, and it becomes like a, a little bit of a, a clicky family. You know, and and yeah, it's that's true. It's about the relationship. You know, so you, you, you know, and it may not be that play where every, you know may not be that way at every single place that you're going to play at. You know, especially you know guys out there who are starting off in bands. But you know, the first thing you want to do is you want to be fair. You know, never forget. When, uh, you know, we were starting off with Eye of the Storm and we original band and, we, you know, we were looking for places to play and we were approaching places cold, you know, with press kits and no one had ever heard of us before. And, you know, but we had a good following. So I would say to the, you know, the, the bar owner, listen, you know, I'll put 50 to 100 people in here, you know, no problem. And if I don't, then we can negotiate, you know, I don't want you, I don't want you to get hurt, but, you know, you're going to charge, you know, at that time, a cover charge at the door. And it was, you know, proposed to him to say, give us a shot, see how you do at the door. If you can, you know, we can split the money at the door, or if we have a really good night, we do bring 100 people, maybe I keep the door and you keep the drinks, you know? And I remember after the first gig, 
you know, went really well. And the, and the guy said, you know, thanks for being honest and upfront with me. And, you know, we'd love to have you back. And not every gig is going to be, you know, a hundred person, 200 person packing them in. There's plenty of times where there was 20 people there, you know? Right. And then you just make a concession with, you know, cause at that point, you know, there is no more door right now. You're on a set base, you know, a, a salary, so to speak, you get a set, you know, price for the gig. Right. Uh, you know, and it works both ways, but the guys respect that and they, they appreciate the honesty, you know, and if you see that they didn't have a really, you know, a good night and they didn't do well, you don't want to hurt them by saying, well, hey, man, you know, and, and that's one thing about like if you go through a booking agency, the price is the price. Right. Know? And right. it's not negotiable and they, they, they book you through an agency and then that's the, the price. And if you don't bring people or you don't do well, you know, you probably won't be back there often because he's still paying the same price, whether you brought you know, 10 people or 500 people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, that there were, that leads us well into some of the questions that, uh, I posted a question a little while ago, just before we started this, um, about a half hour before what, and asked what topics people would like us to discuss. And one of the first ones was, uh, business steps to take towards, uh, to better gigs, to get, getting better gigs what are good some good business steps and some of the ones that you just mentioned are good things um to get better gigs um develop a reputation as somebody like your band was you know where you're you're fair you know that's yeah then you get known for that you know and it's hey listen you know booking the band is one of the hardest things right you got to dedicate a lot of time to it you have to be persistent you got to have a certain amount of savvy, uh, you know, phone manners. You have to know when you're getting BS'd on the phone by somebody. You have to know, you know, persistence, uh, you know, different tactics to, to, to get you in when no one has heard of you, you know. And that some com- sometimes comes down to just being a good salesman, but being an honest salesman, you know, and saying, listen, this is what I can offer. Here's what we can do. Um, you know, maybe your band is really good, but you don't have a following in that area. You could say, hey, you know, give us a shot. I can guarantee you that whatever people do come will stay till the end, you know, because they will enjoy the music and, you know, you have that going for you. And sometimes, you know, bars are rotating, you know, we used to play in Morristown a lot and, you know, the turnover is like down by you, you know, it's over the course of the night, people come, people go because there's bars after bar after bar after bar and they don't want to hang out for a drink or three or four songs and then they move on. Some places they stay all night. You know, sometimes there's a line out the door to get in, and as the people leave, they let more people in. Uh, okay. It all depends on the venue. You know, some venues have a self-generated crowd, and you don't need to bring, you know, a ton of people, hence a following. But you need to be good enough to entertain, you know, the clientele that are there. Right. Um, you know, and booking agents, like, is a great way to go, too, but they're going to take a percentage, and, you know, it, it depends how much you want to play, and... You know, you you will get better paying gigs, but you'll you'll you know, you may play more more or less depending you know on the agency. But uh, it's also how good you do at the you know at the venue is going to determine kind of your pecking order in that agency's stable you know of bands. Right. And, and this guy's question specifically, he said business steps to take towards better gigs, and so I, you know I, I would start that by saying. What is better for you specifically? You know, what venue do you want to play? What night do you want to play that venue? And who is doing it now? And what are they doing? Go see that band. 
get to know the people in that band find out what they're doing to what and you know ask around there's so many resources now with social media and the internet to find out anything you want to about a band even if you don't know them personally but i think that would be a really good first step that would be the first step i would recommend what, you know be specific be clearly defined on what what it is you want want to accomplish what venue do you want to play who do you want to play with what band are you in uh, you know how would you put your show together do you have a show that's ready now for that venue you know like play you know it's like the old uh dress for the job you want not the job you have um the same thing applies with a band if you're playing a a, a podunk bar and you want to play this huge club with that houses like a thousand people or two thousand people play in the podunk bar like you're in that bigger venue be that band now you know don't wait till you get there because that's not the bands that got there that's how they did it that's one of the things they did anyway you know it's a law of attraction thing that we both like and it's to. a great yeah, it's a great point too to, to have that persistence you know and to make it happen and, and have a vision you know I, I read a great article uh the other day about um virgin airlines right and how richard branson you know came about that whole thing right with, with right. virgin yeah and it was an amazing story that he, i don't know if you know the story so he was he was going to the virgin islands he he, he dropped out of high school he, he started a magazine he was pursuing uh you know this magazine and he was doing okay but he wasn't making a ton of money and he had a girl who wanted him to spend the week with her down in virgin islands so she said, you know, you, you get here and, you know, you and I will hang out for the week. So he was determined to go, right? Because right. he, was, he, he was determined to go. So he gets to, he buys a you know, plane ticket, gets to the airport, and he's waiting. And then you know, there's a whole bunch of other people too, right, that are flying the commercial airline to the Virgin Islands. And the, there's some kind of mechanical difficulty or something happens and the plane's broken down and they cancel the flight. So he and it's like the only flight that's going that way. So he's like all these people are devastated, but he's super bummed out, right? So he goes to the, another part of the airport, and he finds a private charter plane that he can't afford. He finds out how much it costs to charter it to the Virgin Islands. Uh -huh. He goes and he gets a a, a, a piece of like uh, construction paper, and he writes on it, Virgin Airlines twenty nine dollars, and he goes back to the terminal where all the people were that just got bumped off that flight. And he says, hey, I can get us to the Virgin Islands. If you want on, it's 29 bucks. He, right. sells, he, he sells the plane out. He makes enough money and then some to, to charter the plane and get to the Virgin Islands. And everybody that was you know, on the canceled flight hopped on that plane and went. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and then you know, once he got that idea, he said, you know, there's got to be a better way to do it. And then... You know, now he owns 400 companies, but when he had Virgin Records, the first band he signed was the Sex Pistols wow. because nobody else would sign them because they were too controversial and, you know, all the big labels had backed away. So he signed them and made a ton of money with them. Yeah, he's... Uh... He wasn't ready. He didn't have any money, you know, to do it. Like I said, he didn't have the wherewithal to, to charter that private plane, but he had the desire and the, the, the wherewithal to think in his mind... I, I want to do this, so let me think big, and let me you know let me do it. And yeah. then he came up with an idea. 
Yeah. So to your point, you know, if you want to do it, it's like you just got to, you know, oh, we only got like 20 songs. We're not ready to play a bar yet. No, hell yeah, you are, man. You know? Yeah. You don't, you know, and just go and open mic night, right? That's a good place to start too. Get up there and just start doing it. Yeah. And then once you're out and you're in it and, you know, you don't need to have a show and 50 songs and be super polished and rehearsed, you know? Just get out there and start doing it. And you're going to get better and better at it and yeah. more comfortable doing it and you're in it. Yeah, definitely do it. Definitely try to keep growing too. I mean, this this guy uh, Derek, um, uh, and he, he sounds he's he's uh, he joined this thing recently, but he's participated a lot in this thing. So I think he's serious about this, and it just makes me I, I can relate to that feeling of wanting wanting a better gig, wanting a better band, wanting and those were the things that I did because I've been doing this for a long, long time and. When I was in Jersey, you know, I'll tell you this. I don't think I've ever told you this stuff, um, but it's worthwhile talking about. I, you know, I always had these aspirations to play the biggest rooms. You know, I always wanted to uh, – that energy, that electricity of, you know, big crowd and everybody's dancing and, and singing and, and having fun. There's no other feeling like that, and I could feel it even being in the crowd, you know, or maybe even especially being in the crowd. And I would go see bands. Um, one of the venues in Jersey that I aspired to play was Jenkinson's, which is, uh, for people who don't know New Jersey, it's in Point Pleasant on the sh on the beach, um, the New Jersey shore. And it's an open sort of uh, back area that faces the ocean. The, the stage actually faces the ocean, and the room can fit. I mean, what would you say in that room? thousand people two thousand people maybe in oh, yeah. Jenks. yeah it's a, it's a big it's a big venue yeah and that was like i love the shore i love the beach i like i just that's where i feel at home and i so i would go see bands there and they were the biggest bands in new jersey the nerds big orange cone um you know the the ones that that like Muller Brothers, like all the you know, all the guys used to play there. Yeah, the ones that uh, really persevered in in the the club scene in that cover scene um, for all those years, and um, you know, I I would, you know, it, this process took years and years and years. You know, I was still actively playing, but I would go see other bands, and I would go to that venue specifically, and and just picture myself on that stage, and just feel the feelings of like that. No, first of all, having the confidence, knowing I I could do it, and then feeling like yes, I deserve it, and knowing I should be doing it, and that was one of my major goals to get on that stage to play um, there. I, and I didn't know with who or what, but I just knew why I, I had to play there. Um, and then, you know, the course of of many years of, of meeting people and subbing for bands and stuff, I, and I ended up subbing for a while with Big Orange Cone, which was one of the biggest bands in New Jersey, uh, cover bands. And it, this was towards the end of their their reign as that. Um, but I, you know, for about, about a year, I was subbing on and off. And then one time I was asked to play at Jenkinson's with Big Orange Cone. And I felt like so validated, <laughs> you know, when I did that, like... Oh yeah. What my belief in myself and and knowing what I wanted, it just it, it came into being, and um, it was everything and more that I could have wished for. 
Um, it was fantastic. So, uh, you know, people that want to, that aspire to do things, believe that you can, you want to play better gigs, be, be clearly defined. Where do you want to play? Who do you want to play with? How much money do you want to make? Who do, who do you want to be there seeing you play? Um, you know, all get into the fine details of it, and that will really kind of bring it into reality. Hey, and, you know, you bring up a great point, too, right? Let, let's say that all things considered, you know, you're, you're playing in a band and you guys are doing your thing, but, you know, you're more uh, passionate, more driven than some of the other guys in your band. You take your instrument real serious, you know, and you're really professional about it. You practice it a lot and, you know, you're really getting dialed in and, you know, you get, you're buttoned up. And, you know, to your point, don't, you know, overlook the fact that you can, you can sub in another band or you may be asked to join another band or fill in with another band, you know, because of your talent. Right, sure. You know, that may be a way that, sure, like you just said, you know, you got to play on the stage of your dreams at that time with a band that wasn't necessarily your own. Right. Right, but still a vehicle to get there because you were talented and you had a good, you know, business sense about you and you were professional and you were dependable and... You know, you, you knew the songs and you could deliver. You know, guys recognize that and you build a camaraderie, right, by going out to see other bands and you're part of that musician's community and you may be called on, you know, to come up and, and fill in or help out or even join a band that's a better band than you're in. Yeah, and I know from experience having to hire subs a lot that the, the person I'm going to look for is the person who I feel is going to do the job the best. Um and is available. <laughs> so um, be that person if you want it to move up into the into the ranks of those those bands. Um, you know, be the best. Of, or maybe somebody knows you. You know, too. Just you'd rather go with someone you know than you don't know. Sure. But you're, but you're the unknown guy at some point, right? Because you've maybe never played with that particular band before. So to your point. You know, you want to kick ass and you want to do the best job that you can. You want to be relaxed and you want to be you want to deliver the goods, you know, and have the right feel and fit in with the guys. And most importantly, you want to have a great attitude and you want to be someone that's fun to hang out with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Attitude is is huge. I mean, you got to go in with, you know, some humility, be humble, um, but confident. Don't be cocky. Right. No ego, but confident. Yeah. But, you know, be uh, observant to, especially when you're subbing. We talked about this uh, over the last couple of weeks about subbing. But I know when I have to go sub with somebody, especially if it's a band I don't know or I've never played with before. Or even, you know, even after that. But especially I pay attention. I observe. I listen. You know, I don't try to assert my my agenda on them. I want to make sure that they are able to do their job exactly how they would normally do their job with their regular player when I'm subbing. I want to I want to not rock the boat at all. I want them to be able to shine in the same way that they would normally shine. And I feel that like that's my job. And I think, you know, being the fact that I'm a bass player, it's easier for me to have it to look at it like that because I don't have to be out front and but yeah, and something you said earlier, too, about, like, press kits and getting better gigs and, you know, the whole thing we talked about selling your band, you know. You had touched on electronic press kits, you know. Yeah, somebody and, asked about that, um, EPKs and how to most effectively use them. 
Yeah, so I mean, our experience has been, you know, a website, a Facebook page, something that they can go to that has a video or some kind of, you know, advertising on it or some kind of home page where they can see that you're legit and that you're, you know, you're you're out there and you're actually playing and you're trying to do it and your calendar, you know, it's it's a lot easier to book gigs when your calendar is full or appears to be full, you know, and if it's not full, right. plug in some dates that are fictitious so it looks full you know when you're starting out you know well when are you guys available anytime man we're not playing at all that that doesn't really you know or or at least have a lot of content you know you don't have to have your calendar full but at least have a lot of things for people to check out a lot of videos a lot of audios a lot of uh, pictures um it's not easy and it's i mean it's not hard and it's and it's free basically to do something like that to put all your stuff together um so i mean the calendar is is big for for negotiating purposes i suppose um, but again it's the time right you dedicate the time to it and you're passionate about it and it looks like you're enthusiastic about it you know the, the it'll it'll tell that story you yeah. know it'll be very telling on how much time you're putting into the band yeah and, and to go to answer this guy's question the, the the way to do an epk is out there um, and there's actually um, sort of templates out there that are that are decent. Um, but you know what, dude? I have this vision for for the website. And over the course of the last week, um, I found this guy who's going to help me um, with the mechanics of putting it together. Um, he already helped me uh, get over a few hurdles there with what, what I want to do. But ultimately and ideally, I would love to have this site where people can go in and create a profile and um be able to put up their videos there in their profile and their their audio there and their bio there and their links to their band facebook pages and websites and anything else that would be in an electronic press kit i want them to be able to put it in their own profile there and i think that's the thing that is just missing on the internet for musicians now there are things out there that are like it. There, there. There's a, a site called Bandmix, um, and there's a bunch of other minor ones, but nothing that's really huge, where it, where it's making sense for everybody. Because here's the thing: like if you're looking for, uh, let me ask you, if you're looking for a musician, say, uh, say Kel has to take, uh, say, just Kel quits the band. Not that he's going to, but just say he does, and now you have to find a bass player. Aside from word of mouth, how would you try to find a bass player? Online. Where? You know, musicians' ads or any type of, you know, service, Craigslist. Uh, you know, you start narrowing it down. But there's there's plenty of resources out there. I know in the past, I mean, thankfully, we haven't had to seek out anybody in, you know, probably 10 years. But when we did... Um, you know, it was a, it was a variety of ways, and, and Steve typically handled it because his job at the you know time he was online all the time, so he was on the computer all day, and he would be able to access different uh, you know sites. Exactly which ones I'm not sure, but almost right. like musicians' press, you know, almost like a want ad for musicians. Yeah, but there's really not a good website out there that has that type of thing, like where it's a. Uh... Where you can, where it's an all-in-one thing. In other words, like you mentioned Craigslist, and 
if if it was me, if I was in this position, that position where I have to hire, and I'm sort of in that position right now because we have a singer uh, that we're working with at one of the bands, and he's leaving, and we have to find another singer. Um, so the 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 first go to here, especially in New Orleans, would be all right. Who else is around that's available that might want this gig? And it's usually we're, we're usually looking for somebody who has experience on Bourbon Street, um, who knows the deal. Um, but Jason and I, the, the drummer, we discussed, like, we want somebody outside of Bourbon Street. We want, um, somebody that's a little bit younger, um, and a little bit hungrier, uh, than the people that have been doing this. So, so for me, the, the first step I would take is I would go to Craigslist. That, that's the one, because Craigslist is localized. That's what makes it, uh, uh desirable as far as that's concerned. And it, it just runs like a classified, like a newspaper. You, you go to that section, musicians available, musicians wanted and available. And you go and you scroll through and you, and you, you can look and see who's out there, or then you can post your own ad and say, we're looking for a singer. Now, Craigslist doesn't really have a very good reputation in the music industry for finding or finding quality players. Right. And I've gotten gigs from Craigslist, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not above trying to find work when I need work. Um, and there was a band in Alabama I was playing with, um, that I got that gig from Craigslist. There was another, there were two bands actually in Alabama that I got. And one of the bands was like, we need somebody to fill in tonight. (laughs) I saw this ad on Craigslist. We need somebody to fill in tonight, a a bass player. And it's at this location and, and we're, you know, playing this kind of music. And I was just like, okay, I can do it. And most of the songs they were playing, dude, I, I, or not most of them, but a lot of them I had never even heard before. I'd never even, I it was not, they were young kids. They were like in their early twenties, but they were good. Um, but I went and subbed with them and then I ended up getting hired for the band and, and playing with them for a couple of years. But my point is, uh, I'm digressing here, but, the problem with Craigslist is that you're just seeing an ad and sometimes people put in a little picture or whatever, but you're, you're just taking somebody's word for it. You know, like pro guitar player, 20 years experience available. I can, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the, you know, people could put whatever they want, but if you have something that, that stays at the, like a profile, um, where you can build it up over time, um, because things change all the time in, the music industry and, and with and there's, I, I don't think there's any musician I know that's just played with one band, you know, you, you, things change. So I want to develop this, this resource this, the site for people to create this profile and then leave it there and kind of have it follow their journey and also have it be a, a good resource to find musicians and find bands. That's the thing I, I see people most saying is their biggest challenge in, in uh, on the group. So what do you think about that? You know, it's interesting. While we were sitting here, I typed in, uh, you know, musicians for hire, New Jersey. And a lot of booking agents come up, you know, a lot of one-stop shop, DJ, band, you know, entertainment. You call us, we'll hook you up. You need, you know, whatever you need. But there's one called Music Mates Musicians Megabase. Free New Jersey Musician Referral Classified. And it has musicians seeking bands, bands seeking musicians, music instructors, 
and then bands, soloists, studio musicians, solo musicians. So there's four or five different categories, and each one you click on has probably a hundred links with right. you know people, and then you know you can go view their page. What what is it called again? Musician mates. It's called music mates. Is it music? Is that the the uh, yeah. is that music the URL? Musicmates.com. Yes, musicmates.com. Okay. So that's the first one I saw that wasn't a booking like a single guy booking agent, you know. Okay. So it's that that's you know they're, they're they're out there, but like I said, you gotta remember, dude. You know, back in the day when there was no internet, you know, it was a lot more difficult to find musicians to play with. You know, now with you know the resources and social media and all of the technology that's available, you know, you can you can search out just about anything. Yeah, I'm gonna check this out and see what it's there, but what's there? But um, I think with Cover Band Central, the advantage we have here is that it's it's a niche, you know, or a niche. Um, uh, like, you know, like specific to cover bands, you know, so, so, because that's the thing I'm seeing the most. Like, I need, I'm trying to find a, the right band. I'm trying to find the right guitar player. I'm trying to find the right gig. I'm trying to find how to get booked. You know, I want that all in one spot for cover bands. Well, you know, it's interesting, dude, for this music meets, right? It'll tell you musicians' home state, Musician city, available to perform in which state? What's your primary, you know, instrument? Then it says preferred performance level. All levels, I do not wish to perform live, perform occasionally for pay, perform part-time, you know, perform for charity, fill in for working bands, perform full-time with a working band, and then it'll say, you know, style you're interested in playing. It lists A to Z, dude, you know, every type of style of music. So it looks like a pretty refined search, you know, so definitely check it out. Um, But it could be definitely a good resource, like you said, for Cover Band Central, you know, if there's a way to localize it to your region. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, community wise, find, you know, through that bandmates or people to jam with. Yeah, I can do that because once people create their profile, they'll they'll have a specific location and then it'll be searchable. So you could say. You know, go in there and say, I'm looking for a guitar player in New Jersey. And then all the profiles of the New Jersey guitar players will come up that are, are, are looking for work. Um, you know, have it be, and where you can see their picture right away, where you can click on a video of them right away, where you can read their bio right away, uh, where you can connect with them right away. Um, you know, you can go to their Facebook page. Um, this is, uh, you know, I have to look further into this particular site but um i want to be the best one out there dude (laughs) i just i think it's it's in the cards man the realm of possibility there's no doubt you know yeah um you know what makes it different is that you see a lot of these you know the ones that you do see out there that are referring musicians or you know a agency they're in it for the bread. You know, they want to refer you. They want to take a cut of what you're going to get. There's a fee for that. And, right. you know, it, the community that, you know, you're building through Cover Band Central is all built around, you know, the community of musicians, the love of playing music, you know, and supports of that. Yeah. So, hey, I know, you know, Bill's an excellent drummer and he, you know, he's available and you should give him a call. And, you know, if you get that information up, you know, like you said, on the page and a category for that, you know, it, it's going to come from oh, a yeah. place of. 
you know, appreciation and love rather than just, you know, trying to make money off it. Yeah. And I do want to make money. I'm not going to lie. But, um, but I have been doing this for three years for, yeah, I've been doing this for three years for free and it's, I've developed the brand and I've built the community. Somebody like this, this site here hasn't developed a brand, hasn't built a community. And so I did that first, which is, um, the, the advantage I have over, I think everybody else, you know, built that community first. And now, now I'm going to bring everybody over here and say, okay, here's a place where we can have all these things that you guys want. Everybody wants to find a band. Everybody wants to find a player. Everybody wants to have their uh, electronic press kit put together. They, they want to find a, a gig. They want to know how to get a gig. So I'm going to, I'm going to make money by offering programs on the site. Once it's live offering like tutorials, coaching programs, um, eBooks, um, and I'm writing a full book. Um, and that's, and I deserve to make money for it because I put a lot of time and work into this, but, um, but the love of it will never go away for me. In fact, it will just increase as, as the site goes live and everybody, uh, more people get involved with it. Um, I was thinking about that. Like if I got offered like a million dollars to sell it, I wouldn't take it because then I well, wouldn't. Maybe, man, you built it, you know? Yeah, because then I, I, I wouldn't have anything else to do. <laughs> like I'd have a million dollars, but then I have nothing to do. I mean, I could still keep playing, but this is my baby, and I'm not going to just give it up for, you know, for something like that. Uh, $50 million, maybe, but not a million. But that's, that's down the road once I make it the biggest thing on the Internet for musicians. Oh, yeah. And that's my vision, brother. Partners, you know, then you build a relationship. You'll have the, it's not just, you know, to build it up and then sell it for money. You know, you want to build it up and then get attract yeah. people to want to be a part of it. Yeah. You know? I want to be a part of it for as long yeah. as I live. That's you, right. Exactly. It's your, it's your thing, you know, my baby. I, I have a vision for a lot of things that I want to do with this, with this whole brand and the whole idea. It's, uh, and it's all going to happen, baby. It's all going to happen. All in due time. All right. We are at the end of an hour, if you can believe that. Wow. Wisdom sure goes fast, doesn't it? It sure does. But it's been a, a fantastic hour. We didn't get to... Uh, I think we got to the, the questions that came up. Um, I think we covered them okay. This, you know, there's a lot more you can talk about, but... Yeah, maybe next time we'll talk about some contracts and some verbiage and contracts that you want to include. And yes, about you know that's a good one because you said you have a contract that you can uh, you can share with uh, with everybody. Um, you can definitely share some points off. Of so it. we definitely. will definitely we'll put that on the uh, to do for next week. But until hour eighteen, we'll be yes. legal next next. Yes, we'll be legal to vote. <laughs> Awesome. Facebook.com slash Government Central. Join the group if you haven't joined the group and be cool to each other, please. Right? Hey there, brother. We'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 